do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 391. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember that our motto is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, it's going to be question heavy. We've been, uh, haven't recorded for a few weeks because I've been out on vacation. Actually, we've been out on vacation, uh, but I took an extended vacation. So um, we got a bunch of questions we want to get to, and these are the highlights of the questions. Uh, There's a mom who has a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and she has a husband that doesn't get it. Okay. (laughs) Heard that before. Um, Another question, wife, uh, a husband wrote in, his wife has an anxiety disorder and he wants to know how to reduce tension in the family. Okay. Um, If we get to all these, don't know if we do. Um, There is an interesting question from a mom whose dad comes and lives with them for six weeks in the summer and she's having a hard time setting boundaries with her dad. Okay. That's a really cool question, actually. Okay. They all are. And then the last, if we get to it, um, somebody's got a 12-year-old daughter and she needs help on approaching difficult topics, tone of voice, okay. phone management. So you think we're going to get to all these? I have no idea. Okay. So why don't we jump in with what you wanted to start, and then I will talk about my vacation with my 14-year-old. Okay. I wanted to start um, just so we can make sure that we at least comment on what happened this week. This is, what's the date today? August today is August 15th. August 15th. So um, the rally, the white supremacist rally um, in Charlottesville just occurred a few days ago. And I wanted to just comment on two things because it's very big and it's very bothersome to me, um, as I know it is to to most pe- majority of people. Um, and there's just... Two points I wanted to make. Number one, one of the things that um, is, was said at this rally and is said outside of this rally and other places is um, this idea of we will not be replaced. Um, one, the, uh, the men who were being vocal at the rally, that was their rally cry. Did you know that, Todd? I did not. We will not be replaced. Okay. And I'm sure there was other things said too, but that was just one of the things that I read consistently in a lot of different newspapers and heard. So I want to talk about this idea of scarcity and this idea of not enough pie. Okay. There's this belief system that we have, um, not everybody, but many, that there is only so many pieces of pie to go around and that if somebody else has a piece of pie, then we don't have it anymore. Mm. And something that is that I believe very deeply and that um, I think many of us do when we get into our quieter moments is we know that the universe is abundant and that everything is possible and everything is available. And I don't mean that in a magical way, like we say, oh, I want a car, snap it's in our driveway. What I mean is there's space and room and and a place for everybody right. and everything. If it nature, human beings, animals, there's a place. And this belief system that there's only enough for a certain amount of people is a scarcity mindset. And this this is what causes so many of our problems in the world. And it causes our problems in this big way, like this rally that I can't believe happened in mm-hmm. 2017. It happens in our places of work where people try and push each other out and, um, you know, 
it happens in friendships when people are like, oh, if you're friends with that person, then you won't be friends with me. It happens in our relationships where I may say, oh, if you're spending time with your friends, then you won't have anything for me. Right. And it's this – it goes down to this really – it's this macro level that goes down to this micro level. And we have to understand that if you step back and you look at how much space there is – for everybody. And I mean this physically, and I mean this spiritually. And the fact that if somebody is here, they're supposed to be here. They belong just as much as you belong. There is no, well, I was here first, or my ancestor was here first. And if we're going to play that game, right. <laughs> we weren't here first. Right. Um, there is room for all. And like, you know, Todd um, is going to talk a little bit about a trip he took with our daughter. And when you go out and you, and even us being in Seattle, and when you go out and look at on, you know, you're on the mountains or you're looking at the mountains or you look over, you know, something like the Grand Canyon. All it is is just space mm -hmm. and a widened perspective of how much room there is for all of us and how we all have the right and um, ability to be here together. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? Well, and I would say, um, you know, most people that listen to this podcast are from the United States. We have a lot of international listeners, but the majority is in the United States. And, you know, talk about, you know, we have obviously have a bunch of big cities where there's a lot of people in a small place. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, this country is vast of empty space, of open space, open space, you know, fields and all these different things. And for us to think that there's not enough is kind of nutty. Exactly. And you can, you know, someone can sit with me and say, but what about here? You know, we've had to divide yeah. up this dollar and we yeah. we can get really, you know, down to the nitty gritty. But once we widen the perspective, mm. there is enough for all. Mm. And the thing that we don't, that we can't relate to is when we shift the dynamic of understanding there's enough for all, more is created. Do you see what I mean? Like it's the smaller we get in our thinking, the smaller things become. Yeah. The bigger and wider we get in our thinking, the more grand everything becomes in the best way. Right. And then we understand that everybody plays a role and we're all in this together and we're all one no matter what. But this idea of you will not replace me, mm -hmm. this is the fear. This is the scarcity fear. And just that fear alone of somebody thinking, I deserve more than you. I am better than you. I, by just who I am, am just better than you. How long I've been here, the color of my skin, the the God that I believe in, all these different... Yes, and the the the, the big thing is just... And I know that there were many different people there... But obviously the faces that we have seen or that have been shown to me in the newspaper and the news. Let me guess. White men. White straight men. There are – these men already have so much privilege and they could do so much with that privilege. They could help so many people with their privilege. They are so powerful already. And the idea that they're going to use their power – to take more power is beyond something I I, I can't I can't um, I can't relate to it. I don't understand how that helps you pushes you through the world. But what I do understand is that 
It well, is I fear. Think you say, yeah, it's fear-based thinking. It's fear-based thinking, And yes. not enough thinking. Right. They, Scarcity and fear. Right. And so I, I say that because I think what happened this week needs to be commented on because I haven't felt good for about three or four days, I got to be honest. And I also believe that within it, there's always something that we can say, okay, now where in our lives are we are we practicing scarcity and fear? Mm -hmm. Because we can point our fingers at these people, which I hope we are, and say this is not okay. But then we also remember this whole show is about self-awareness. Where in your life are you using the scarcity fear model? And it's not about shaming yourself. It's about saying, oh, I see how this can show up in different pants. Yeah. It may not be as harsh as white supremacy. Yeah, not as extreme. But it is, I can see how I have that feeling of there's not enough pie. Well, and the other thing I would say is that the minute that you demonize somebody for having these radical thoughts, at least radical to my belief system, and you separate yourself from them, the only thing I want to say is... Um, these people that have these ideologies that you and I so disagree with were taught this. Right. They didn't show up this way. Correct. And um, I, that's it. I just want us all to have an understanding that when they came out of their mama's womb, they weren't, you know, it's like Dennis Leary, you know what my kid hates is naps. Right. That's right. what my kid hates. And that the moment that we demonize and point our fingers and and only point our fingers with no learning or no new awareness, yeah. then we lose the opportunity. Well, and what you're saying is how do we trans how do we use this experience for the better? Correct. And, and how do we use it in our own life? And you know, we can't say how that shows up in your life, the listener, but we can challenge ourselves, like what is it that we're projecting upon our children or our relationship? And, you know, any fear based thinking. Like, you know, let's let's somehow channel this energy that got created, this, for lack of a better term, negative energy, and how do we use it and modify what's going on in our own life and help have us a deeper understanding of self? If we want compassion, we have to create compassion. Mm -hmm. And compassion doesn't mean saying that, oh, no, this is no big deal. Right. It's about saying we have to rise up bigger in love. Our One of our big, um, you know, messages of the conference last year was love louder. You, if, if you take the hate and then you hate also, mm -hmm. you, you watch that hate and you say, well, now I'm going to hate you. Mm -hmm. You're perpetuating the hate. So there is a way of taking that and looking at that and saying, we need to love louder. And what does that look like in your home? You may not be able to go to a march. You may not be able to go to a demonstration. You may not be a writer who can write something, you know, right now to, to put something new out in the world, but you can in your house be loving and compassionate and you can walk down the street and look people in the eye and remind yourself and other people that we're all in this together. This reminds me of what you created on our Team Zen page, our Team Zen club, um, the kindness campaign. Mm -hmm. And we've been going at this for a few months, but Kathy came up with this idea of, you know, because we have a private Facebook page of these people that subscribe to, you know, um, live podcasts. Zen talks. Zen yeah. talks. And one thing that you thought of about a month in, which I thought was a really good idea is do one kind act and, and share it. 
and we would kind of like tag one person in the team and say, once you've done your act of kindness, to share it mm-hmm. with the group mm-hmm. so we can kind of learn and see. And what's what I love about it is there's a, a small ounce of accountability. Like you've been tagged. so And it doesn't have to be grand gestures. No. It could be holding the door open for somebody at the grocery right. store. It doesn't or have to involve money. Doesn't doesn't, have to, right. right. And so that's something. So, you know, what you and I talked about in the car a few days ago is it's not about the learning and the teaching as much as it is about the action and the behavior. Mm-hmm. And this is just a small expression of that, of how we try to do that with our teams and things. So. Right. It, it's it's walking the walk. What do you want to see? And I think that sometimes the language that I use, people will push back and say, you're not speaking strong enough, or you're not being harsh enough, or you're not angry enough. And everybody, I'm so angry. Hmm. Okay. But what are you going to do with it? And I, um, what I know, what I know deep down inside is what you can either take that anger and become more angry and put more anger out in the world, or you allow that anger to awaken you to be more loving in the world. You, you let that anger be a boundary mm-hmm. crossing for you where you say, this makes me so angry that I am going to not do that. Yeah. And I am going to go the compassion route. Well, what I was going to say in regards to this weekend, like I said, the minute you demonize a group of people and and put them in a different box, a different you. box mm-hmm. you're giving them what they want. Correct. They want to pick a fight. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of take that bait and you reduce your behavior to their behavior, then all of a sudden we're not getting anywhere. As a matter of fact, we're going backwards. So to your point, what we're trying to do is be angry, but how are you going to channel that anger? Right. Right. The reason, you know, even though it took a lot longer than some of us may understand because we look back at it in a history book, but like the civil, civil rights, the reason that that worked was because of the way Martin Luther King taught people to react to the violence and respond. He taught them to not respond with with anger or to not respond with violence. The reason it shifted people's consciousness is because they use something different. Well, it's funny. I think of uh, the movie 41, and it's about Jackie Robinson. Yes. And the Dodgers owner, I forget his name, said to Jackie, he's like, if if you're going to do this, um, I'm going to need you to to be strong. And he's like, well, you want somebody strong enough to fight back. And his response is, no, I need somebody strong enough to not fight back. That's it. That's it, right? That's that's exactly what I'm trying to say is that I wrote something a couple days ago saying it's a lot easier to get really angry and retaliate in some way or to hate somebody or to, you know, to be angry at someone you see that you feel represents some kind of group or, you know, that's, that's an easy reaction because it's, you're just going with the feeling. Mm -hmm. The more difficult thing is, is to feel that anger and to choose something that betters the world. Well, and that's what we talk about, the difference between reacting and responding. Exactly. What we're What we're asking for is a response. Yes. So we talked a little bit about Team Zen. Just real quick, it is um, um, a subscription-based model that we created where you get three extra podcasts um, a month, and it's also recorded on video and it's interactive. So if you're in it, you could be on the call with us. So if you have questions and, uh, so we're actually doing one later today, as a matter of fact. Yes. Um, so if you're interested, go to our website, uh, Zenparent- Zenparentingradio.com and click on, I think events. I don't even know. Yeah. Click on events and our, um, 
you know, website will be so much better. Brand new. On August 22nd. I'm so excited because all these things that we talk about that people are like, I can't find it or where is this? I think you're going to be able to find everything yeah. from now on. So that is something we've been working on all summer. Um, and we look forward to having easier access to everything we discuss on this show and hopefully giving you guys other opportunities to either interact with us or to find things you're looking for, books, blogs, whatever it may be. Right. Um, so real quick, um, I uh, have been gone for like 13 days. First week was spent with my entire family, Kathy and our three daughters out in Seattle. And then from Seattle, Kathy and two of our daughters flew home and me and my 14-year-old uh, flew to New England mm -hmm. because my daughter has this idea of checking all these states off her list of places she's visited. She wants to travel everywhere. So we planned it out earlier in the summer and we went and it was a wonderful summer, a wonderful uh, vacation with her. And we went to uh, Massachusetts, uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Vermont, and Maine, all in about six days. The only thing I want to say, I mean, I could dedicate an entire podcast to my experience with my daughter, but there's something special that happens, not necessarily with your daughter, but just when you travel with somebody mm -hmm. for a while, um, it, it kind of brings you from a roll to roll to use Andy Burnside's language to a soul to soul. Mm -hmm. Like when we started out, it's dad and daughter, but when you travel with somebody, it, the, the levels kind of come together. Mm -hmm. And I remember I traveled with my boss when I was like 24 years old to Norway on a trip. And in the beginning, he was my boss, but midway through, he was just some guy I was traveling with. And I was, I just put on a different face for him. Mm -hmm. And the same went with my daughter this week is we, we went from father to daughter to kind of like traveling companions who had weird, awesome conversations that I think would have been extremely difficult to do in our what house. Is, you just said weird, awesome conversations. What just, does that mean? Just deeper. Yeah. Not weird, but yeah. deeper conversations. And you kind of like, you know, you get annoyed at each other and in a good way. Like we, we actually loved it. We even said at the end, like we, we can keep traveling for another week if our lifestyle allowed for it. Um, but you just have it. And it's weird because uh, for the first few days, um, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I really need to connect and bond because these opportunities don't happen very often. And I need to have these deep conversations. I need to talk to her about high school and I need to talk to her about this. And, and then, um, although we were having a blast, I, I wasn't getting that sense of depth that maybe I was hoping for, but I didn't force it. I didn't push it. I didn't like say, okay, now it's time for you and I to talk about, you know, high school, or now it's time to, for us to talk about, you know, this or that. And, um, and I organically kind of let it unfold. And on the last night, we had this incredible conversation where I became very vulnerable with her and talked to her a little bit about my fears from my own childhood. And she was in a weird way, kind of like... You've, you used the word weird like three or four times because it was, it, was so, it was so out of context. It was context. weird. It yeah, was out of context. It was different, yeah. She, we were speaking as peers, as yes. complete peers. And it was as if I was talking to a friend and not my daughter. Right. And that, that may seem sound strange, but that's well, the truth. Like you said, you went from role to role to soul to soul. So my the reason I'm saying the story is because if anybody out there has an opportunity to travel with one of their kids because I do this every year. I take I choose one of our three daughters and we go away for about a week every summer. And it's something I completely look forward to. And they when you say choose, meaning that we each of them get a turn. There's yeah, a rotation. We have a yeah. rotation. So 
Um, so if you get the chance, and it doesn't have to be for a week in New England, it could be for a day at the Holiday Inn, you know, an hour away. Well, Cameron only had three days because you guys went to New York. You remember? That's true. You that was only... a little bit more expensive. So we had to kind of right. compress mm-hmm. that one a little bit. So yeah, me and Cameron went to Broadway and we saw Matilda and Annie mm-hmm. and also some other incredible things in this wonderful city of Manhattan. So mm-hmm. anyways, that's kind of my deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, and you know, what you just said about not forcing it is I think that that can happen on a trip and that can also happen in our daily lives with our kids is our kids can tell. I have, Todd and I have this conversation all the time. When you need something from them, they can tell. When you yeah. need to go deep, when you're like, oh, I want this to be the deepest and most important conversation, they can feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's too much pressure for them. It's, you know what? It's not just about kids and teenagers. When I can tell when people want certain things from me or they want me to say certain things or, and there's, there's not a sense of freedom in the conversation. You don't feel like you can be yourself. Right. You feel like you need to respond and react in a certain way, or you feel like you need to be the right person for whoever this person needs in this conversation, and that in itself is not freedom. That's almost like an inauthenticity that's uncomfortable. So I I say that for you know all of you who are trying to have really meaningful conversations with your kids, let go. Yeah. <laughs> like, just show up and let go. And you can say what you want to say, meaning you can share if you have something to share. But if they are not in that space at that moment, your neediness will not help them get there. And that's, you know, or making them feel guilty about it or telling them that now is the time when you have time, you know, for us busy parents who are like, you know, but I created one hour. I carved one hour out of my day and they didn't tell me anything. It's like, but maybe you were ready but they weren't. Maybe they are having a tough afternoon. Maybe they have other things on their mind. We have to remember that our kids, regardless of how old they are, but especially in the tween and teenage you know, years, they have a life too. And a trip like you took with our daughter, there's plenty of space. Talk about space and, and time. Right. There's plenty of space for conversations to happen naturally without saying now is the time when we have to have this deep talk. Well, and I, I'm going to play a clip from an awesome movie from 1988 called The Great Outdoors. Okay. And John Candy is the dad and he goes to the North Woods and he's with his son. And this is the time that John Candy decided that he's going to have this connection with his son. Okay. And I don't remember exactly what happens, but I think it's something to what we're talking about where you're kind of forcing a conversation and then this bear attacks their car. (laughs) So stay tuned. So easy, easy, easy there. Easy. Hey, come on, watch the paint job. Hey, shoot. What size those teeth? Whoa. Whoa. Hey, shoot. Come on. Dad, I wouldn't do that. All right, that's how you're, you're maybe right. Maybe right. Yeah, he's looking at us. He's not finished. That's it. When he finishes, he'll go. He's a pretty big bear. Very big. Yeah. Just let him eat his candy bar. Shoot. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Um, let me rethink this. Hey! What the hell? All right, uh... I've, uh... <clears throat> I, I, I told you I loved you, right? Yeah. Good, good. What do you say we call it a night? <laughs> I've, 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 holy jeez. Oh. 
it goes on from there. But he just wanted to say, you know, in the beginning of that scene, he's like, you know, my dad used to take me up to the North Woods and have these deep spiritual conversations. And he's like, okay, I told you I loved you, didn't I? We're it's all time, good here. Time to get out of Dodge. So did they drive away? Um, Why didn't he well, drive the, away? I think the bear ends up on top of their car oh. and then they just kind of bail. So anyways, you might have to cut a little bit of that out just because <laughs> it's kind of long watching the bear slowly attack the car. But anyways, um, so uh, quick thing we have a new partner that we're actually really excited about uh the name of the partner is kind snacks you may have seen kind snacks in the grocery store or the airport or um coffee shop or the gym and it's what they do is they make delicious healthy snacks using whole ingredients that you can recognize and pronounce and i can actually attest to that because i was just looking at the ingredients on this yummy dark chocolate and sea salt bar and, you know, first of all, sometimes the ingredients are like two paragraphs long right. on those health bars, but this is like Nuts. one fourth of that. Yeah. yeah. It's like almonds and syrup. And um, so anyways, peanuts. So check it out. It's so, and they have a special deal. Um, you get 10 kind bars free. All you have to do is pay shipping. And when you order the sample box, uh, you get to try the Kind Snacks Club. And we're actually into that right now. And the Kind Snacks Club is where you receive monthly snacks at a discount and get members-only bonuses. So this is what you need to do. You need to go to kindsnacks.com. That's K-I-N-D snacks.com slash zen. You need to include zen in order to qualify for the free sample box. So it's kindsnacks.com slash zen. Well, I'll say that our kids were pretty excited about the box that came with the kind snacks. They were like, you're kidding. They're like, we were going to get these. Mm. And they're like, "We, you know, they had had them way before we got this box. Like they knew what kind snacks were. Um, and I was on an airplane by myself a week or so ago and I was starving. And that's what was given to me on the airplane was a kind go. snack. How was it? It was so good. Yeah. And yeah. it was so not overly because I, if I have things that are overly sugary, I get like a headache right mm. away. It was so good and so like um, filling. Yes. Well, and like I said, it's ingredients you can recognize and pronounce and that goes a long way for me. So go to kindsnacks.com slash zen. Don't forget the zen. That way you'll get your free uh, sample box. All you got to do is pay for shipping. So thank you, Kind Snacks. Um, now we have questions and I don't know how quickly some of these I think will be quick. Okay. Others not. This is from a mom and she says on one of the shows we discuss how it takes a lot physically and emotionally to have a baby. No kidding. Correct. I have a one-year-old and almost a three-year-old and I feel like uh, my husband doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. Anything I can say to make him realize what a shift it is to become a mom. Mm -hmm. So let me go first. Okay. Um, one is read your books. Kathy's books. Oh, read. You're telling her to, yes. or that he should. No, I think she should, and then if she feels compelled, she should share with her husband. We also interviewed Bridget Schulte, mm -hmm. which I think is a really good resource. Um, she wrote a book called Overwhelmed. Correct. Yeah, and that's at ZenParentingRadio.com/slash/Schulte. And then we've done two podcasts that may be a good resource for her. One is called Eleven Mistakes I've Made as a Husband and Why I'm Better for It, and that's okay. at ZenParentingRadio.com/slash/157. And the other one is 10 Mistakes I Made as a Wife and Why I'm Better for It. That that huh. one is about you. And that's at zenparentingradio.com slash 158. So I don't remember that one. Those are my resources. What were my mistakes? Do you remember? 
I don't know. I'm sure you fixed them all by now. Well, no, I'm not saying that. Just, like, oh, I made a mistake. I was of course. Just kidding. But, but I'm curious, like, because that was 157. We're at 300, so that was at least two or three years ago. Correct. So I'm curious what was going on between us then. It'd be interesting to find out. But anyway, um, I would say that first of all, just to have an understanding on both sides, like Todd said everything you've gone through that you're feeling where you've had all these shifts and all these changes and you feel like a different person. Yes. You're not crazy. You are different. Oh, I found your mistakes. Oh, okay. Hold that thought. Okay. What um, my thought? You're going to hold my... your thought. I'm going to talk. I'm going to say what your yeah, mistakes I'm, are. I'm having everybody else hold my thought for me. Number one, being a martyr. Okay. Number two, pretending to things, pretending to like things I didn't like. Yeah. I don't do Number that three, not you. trying things I haven't tried. Okay. Number four, worrying about the small stuff and not seeing the big stuff. Okay. Number five, not trusting my ability to parent. Oh, interesting. My being Todd. Uh, oh, not trusting your ability yes. to parent. Okay. Yeah. Number six, wanting Todd to read my mind. Yeah. Number seven, shutting down instead of saying what I felt. Yes. I don't do that much anymore. Number eight, not <laughs> saying thank you. <laughs> Number eight, not not saying thank you and sorry. Mm. Number nine, not admitting to my mistakes. Mm. And last one is not recognizing that letting go is the best way to love. Yeah, I still agree with those. Yeah, I agree. You want to know what mine were? And they're a practice because all of them are not something where it's like, oh, done, got it. It's like you have to keep practicing those things because in, in certain high-tension moments, you can make the mistake of not owning up to your stuff or make the mistake of deciding not to say thank you and can become a challenge. So that was ZenParentingRadio.com slash 158. This is the one that we did just before that, ZenParentingRadio.com slash 157, and these are my mistakes. Okay. Number one, I made up uh, for my ineptitude with grand gestures. Okay. Number two, I spoke a different love language. Okay. Number three, I fixed her problems. Mm -hmm. If I had to reorder these, I would have put that one first. Or you thought you were fixing my problems. Yes, exactly. Number four, I thought we were the same. I don't know what that meant. Uh, yeah, I know what that means. You thought that if you thought something, then I must be feeling the same thing. There you go. You're mm -hmm. right. Uh, number five, I let her pass me by. That is when you were kind of exploring these different places of self-awareness and I was still drinking beer, playing fantasy football and working and I wasn't growing at all mm. in, in the same direction you were. Mm -hmm. um, I still, by the way, drink beer, play fantasy football. Yeah. I just you also added growth to the read list. some books. Yeah. Um, number six, I did not put you on my calendar. Mm-hmm for dates. Mm -hmm. Number seven, I thought we were supposed to grow together and that that's the paradox. Mm -hmm. Like we're not supposed to like everything the same. Well, and remember you are, they are we are two trees mm -hmm. growing side by side. We are not two trees that then become so entwined that we have no freedom of our own. Mm -hmm. We grow side by side and then we get to enjoy each other's shade. Uh, number eight, I let things roll off my back. I think that was just me not speaking up for times that I felt like I needed to have a voice. I don't really know. And a lot of it was when we would have things go on um, within our family or challenges. Oh, yeah. You would be, I would carry the emotion of yes, it. You and you'd be like, carrier. yeah. Number nine, I talked down to you in the presence of others. Yes. I have fixed that one. Yes. I? Oh, come 100%. Uh, number 10, I made a big deal when I did something nice. That's when I used to say, like, See? How about that kitchen I just cleaned? Dishwasher, empty. <laughs> and then lastly, I didn't fight fair. That's when we would attack each other's Achilles heels. Yes. So anyways, yes. those 
those are just the highlights of those two podcasts. So those are some resources. Yeah, those are. And going back to what I was saying before is that, again, I just want to validate um, that you are, that you feel different and that even though someone may hear about your day, like, oh, you've had a baby, um, you know, you're at home, you have plenty of time during the day to be with that baby. They have no idea. Somebody from the outside has no idea how challenging and how all encompassing and how there's no freedom involved in that new role. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we, even before I had a child, I had these visions of me, you know, taking walks with in the stroller, you know, pushing the stroller and being so free and having all this time. Pushing a baby in the stroller is not that low key of an event. There's things you have to bring and the baby cries and you're not close enough to home to nurse and everything is a little more intense. And I'm saying a little more just to, you know. Keep it in check, even though it's a lot more. It's just more intense. And, And within that intensity is we personally as women, as human beings, as men also are changing Mm. because we're recognizing that we have to start building our lives around this other person and that their needs are becoming more important than our own in certain times. Now, I'm not saying don't practice self-care. What I'm saying is if the baby needs to eat, that needs to come first. You know, there are certain things that that we we have to start shifting. And and in the moment it's painful, oftentimes looking back, it's a welcome release. A lot of people will say it was so nice to not focus on myself all the time. But when we're making that shift, it's really difficult. And so first of all, I just wanted to validate mom who's writing in and saying, you know, you guys seem to talk about this a lot and I'm having this experience. Yes, this is very difficult. Um, Beautiful. You know, it's the paradox. It's wonderful and beautiful and you're expanding and growing and you're loving this child. Simultaneously, it's difficult. They're just, they're both living side by side. Well, and I would say um, the reason your husband doesn't get it is because my guess is he's similar to what I was and you can't get it unless you're doing it all. Like it's one thing to come home from a day of work and think you know how hard your your full-time wife's and mom's day was, but to experience it is something else. And I've said this example in the past, but every year, every few years, you'd go to Mexico with your girlfriends and I would be on with young kids who would have to be bottle fed and all that. And that gave me a deeper appreciation for it. Now, the one thing I did do to screw that part up was I geared up for it energetically. Like I prepared for it the week before. I kind of let myself relax after you got home. And I told you how easy it was and how minimizing that, because it wasn't easy, but I wanted you to think that I had everything under control. But Mm -hmm. what that did was make you feel smaller. Well, and you would also do this thing where when I would go away, you'd invite your mom over Mm -hmm. and you'd invite your sister over, you'd invite your dad over, you'd get help. And so you'd be like, yeah, we did it together. And the thing is, day in and day out out is me alone with these kids. And you're still not having that experience when I go out of town because you would invite a crew over to pick up the slack and you'd keep working. So, and it didn't always happen that way, but that was that can happen also where then your partner doesn't get the full experience. And it's not about that you have to say, you must live it the way I'm living it because they're never gonna have the day in, day right. out if you've in your life, in your home decided what roles people are gonna play, yeah. you know? Um, but what my message is to you, mom, is it's you can keep talking about it. Not in a way where you're saying, 
um, you, you know, you, it's not about saying to him, you have to change and you have to understand. It's about saying what I'm saying is valuable and what I'm telling you I'm experiencing is real. And I know you don't understand it yet, but I'm not going to back down and say, you're right, I'm wrong. That's the challenge that we have is that we when someone, if it be our partner or a friend who hasn't had a child yet, or someone says to us, it's really not that hard, what you're saying, it can't be that way. We then want to get defensive and double down and and get angry about it. And instead, it's main, It's kind of like we were talking about at the beginning of this show. It's maintaining, maintaining that sense of um, trust and integrity in ourself and our own experience and saying, this is challenging. I need help. I know you don't understand this fully, but let me tell you what I'm experiencing. Going back to those uh, those 10 things that you just said, mm-hmm. you thought your experience was my experience. You're like, oh, that looks like it'd be easy to me, so that should be easy to you. But we're not having the same experience. And the only way to teach someone about what we're experiencing is to talk about it and stand our ground about it. It doesn't need to be a fight, Mm. even though unfortunately I know it can turn into one, but I think that's the first thing. And that's why I'm trying to empower her more than I'm trying to say, here's how you convince him. Because if you feel empowered and you understand, then there's a few things you're going to do. Number one, you are going to not feel ashamed or guilty about the way you're feeling. That's the first thing. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to find like-minded people who are having similar experiences. I had to find a play group where you know people I could talk to I started writing and sharing like a newsletter with people who would respond and say this was way before social networking mm-hmm. you know people who would write back and say oh yeah I'm having that experience too it, it when you start talking about it and sharing you find a tribe you find people who are like I'm having this experience also and then Todd's point about finding books that validate your experience this helps you maintain your sense of self and when you maintain your sense of self it's easier to have a productive conversation with your significant other mm-hmm. you know because the truth is I can't give you the right words to make your husband understand. I can, you know, we can go the guilt route and we can, you know. Yeah, you can manipulate. You can manipulate. what you want, but that comes with a cost. Exactly. And he, if he is watching what you're doing and recognizing the work you're putting, not only the work you're putting into the day-to-day experience with your children or your child, but also how you're working on yourself and taking care of yourself, that speaks volumes. You know, then he'll ask questions like, what is this or what's happening here or or what is this person to you? And and I'm going to just make the assumption that your husband is a kind man yeah. who loves you but just doesn't understand right now. I think that's I, – I hope the same thing and I'll bet you that's what's going on. Yes, and he's he's learning alongside. And so what we have to do as a partner is – teach through living rather than try and lecture about our our experience right. um but also in you know in the meantime there are really very um simple things like listening to our this podcast with him in the car mm-hmm. you know this part right here yeah. that i'm saying right now saying i want you to and listen then pause to this it with me. and then say and then have a discussion based off of what we're talking about yeah and then saying to him what do you think about that or or how can i help you understand my experience better you know, that question is interesting. Yeah. How can I help you understand rather than how can I convince you to think like me? How can I help you understand my experience better? And then how can I understand your experience Well, better? and one more thing, and then we'll move on to the next question is there was a time, and I share this a lot on the podcast, where 
uh, I wasn't appreciating you. You felt like I wasn't appreciating you. And instead of you nagging or screaming at me, you started appreciating me doing small acts, small gestures like taking out the garbage. Mm -hmm. And you said, thanks for taking out the garbage instead of, hey, all you do is take out the garbage. When you said thank you, that opened me up to be able to reciprocate that same behavior. Yeah. Whereas if you, it's no wonder why couples struggle with this stuff. I know. Oh, it's, it's challenging. Just e- it's easier to complain about it right. than it is to, um, you know, take the high road. It is. Again, it's like what I was saying at the beginning of the show. It's a lot easier to be yeah. angry right. than it is to be compassionate. Yeah. Anger, we use that feeling and we react to it. Yeah. And we feel justified and we have people around us that say you have every right to do that. But does it create change? Are you then putting into the world or into your relationship what you're really looking for? And it takes a lot of energy to make a different choice, which is why... I'm spent, I spent majority of this 10 minutes saying to her, you are going to be okay mm-hmm. and you find your tribe and you know that you're not alone and know that the feelings you have are normal. And again, if if they're huge red flags or you're really afraid or you're really depressed, yes, then ask for help. Mm-hmm. Ask for professional help. You know, that's another thing too is a lot of times – we really do feel lost and we feel that we need to be perfect as moms and that we shouldn't be asking for any kind of support from a therapist or a doctor. And there are times if you are afraid and you feel like you don't have a grip on the ladder to, to come out of that you know difficult day or whatever, help. Help. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. Um, and if you're like, no, I have a grip on the ladder. I'm just struggling a little bit or I'm having difficult days, then that's when you find your, your friends and your people and your own self-care time. Yeah. As much as you love your kids, you got to get away from them sometimes. It's the only way you'll have perspective on the amount of love you have for them. Mm. I mean, it, if I was with... And I was sometimes because you traveled when I'd be with my kids for four days straight, 24 seven doing everything. And I had three little kids at once. It was hard to recognize how much I enjoyed this because there was no break in it. Mm. And if you have a break and you have some space, then you can go back to it more full. So. All right. Question two. Um, This is from a husband. Provide me with some quick references on lowering the tension and anxiety between the family. I'm trying to help keep a positive household, but it feels like we are always on edge. My wife does have an anxiety disorder as well as obsessive compulsive disorder, which isn't always manageable. I just want to keep the positive mental attitude, and I feel like I, if I can figure out how to stay calm when the energy is high, that I might be able to help the family better instead of following suit on the stress train. I can't expect my wife to always be able to control what ails her, and I want to be a soft, positive glove to catch her when she's down. That's lovely. Yeah, it's a wonderful intention. Um, my quick two cents is um, the quickest path towards having a um, family that has less tension and anxiety, because every family has some degree of it, is that he's got to take care of himself. And whether that's through going out and exercising or doing a meditation practice. And it's easy to be carefree when things are good. My my challenge, my invitation to this man is, are you able to stay calm f- when things are not calm? And that's the litmus test. And if you're able to do that, then you're on to something. Um, but it's extremely challenging to do that. And it's not just from an outward appearance 
for you to be calm. It actually is from the inward energy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's got to come from the inside out. It's not pretending to be calm. Yes, exactly. Because when people are pretending to be calm, and we often do this as parents, the children can feel that we're not really calm at all. They know our words are baloney. Right. But it's about how can we – and that doesn't mean we don't have feelings. It doesn't mean that you don't have – anger or that you aren't upset or nervous or, you know, it's it's interesting. I was re-listening. Just I wanted to share this with everybody. I'm glad that this came into my mind. Um, Oprah um, has released her Super Soul Sunday interviews as a podcast. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who, you know, hear me talk about, you know, Super Soul Sunday all the time, you don't have to watch the show anymore. There's now a podcast. And so it's called, I think, Oprah's Super Soul podcast. You you can, you know, go on to um, iTunes and find it and subscribe and I highly recommend it. But I was re-listening to an interview that she did with Brene Brown several years ago. And one of the things that Brene mentioned is, and this sounds so simple and we say it all the time, but it's it's true. She said, one thing I realized about calm people is they're breathers. They just breathe. Mm -hmm. So before they ask you a question, they'll say, okay, how are things going? And they breathe even when they ask the question. And then they breathe when they get the response. And what they're doing is they're calming down their own nervous system. Instead of asking the question and holding on so tight, like, what are they going to say? They're breathers. And so that is sounds like a simple thing, like, oh, I'll just breathe. Breathing is a practice. The reason that meditation or quiet time or yoga or being alone is essential is because you learn how to breathe intense moments. If you practice breathing every day in calm moments, it's easier to bring it into your tense moments. And it's a muscle that you have to flex. Um, Two resources. One is Headspace. That's a meditation app. I've actually kind of been off and on, but I've been on a good run of it the last month or so. Um, It's called Headspace. And then the other one is I just downloaded this called Mind Jogger. And I think there's a lot of different things you can do, but I came across it. And what it does is it gives you the ability to set reminders for whatever you want. So now I have something on my phone. It says, take three conscious breaths and it randomly chooses times throughout the day to notify me of it. So it's my reminder to take three conscious breaths. So every day for like the last five days, I've gotten this reminder randomly and wherever I am, unless like I'm on the phone with somebody or something. You could even do it then though. Yeah. Interestingly. I say, listen, Give me, <laughs> give me, give me second. 30 seconds or Hold 20 seconds. Second, yeah. So anyways, those are two resources um, to come across. And you know, one thing I'll tell you guys, something that when I talk to people about mindfulness or practicing meditation, they'll say to me, this just happened in a session a couple of weeks ago. She was like, but you like it. And I was like, I like what? And she goes, you enjoy your meditation. And so for me, you know, it's more of a challenge to sit down and get started. And I'm like, um... Yeah, I like the feeling. And then once I'm in it, I enjoy it. But my ego is always telling me I don't need it. Mm-hmm. My ego is always saying, you don't need to sit there. My ego is always saying, you don't need to breathe right now. It's telling me there's other things that are more important. What mindfulness is, is recognizing that as a voice and saying to yourself, not about being angry at the voice, the ego is trying to get you productive. Yeah. And that's sometimes helpful in mo- certain moments, you know, to move it along. But Majority of the time, we have to be, you know, connected to what's really best in this moment. What do I really need? And 
you know, right now, even though I'm on this phone call and I know I feel like my ego is like, you should finish this phone call. It's take the three breaths and it in, in turn makes the phone call better. Yeah. This is the trust that we have to have. And oftentimes we need to have the back and forth of having the experience of having it work and then giving it up and realizing how much we miss it. Maybe we didn't miss sitting down, but we miss the effects of sitting down. Right. And when I say sitting down, I mean meditating or taking 10 minutes is that when we lose our practice, our muscles start to atrophy and we realize we don't do as well in everyday situations when we aren't practicing our breathing. Yeah. So, you know, you can't just run a marathon all of a sudden without having some kind of practice. You have to have your gearing up and life in itself is a marathon. You know, we and it's a race that you never it's never over. It's not a destination. It isn't. And and it's it has tons of enjoyment in it and scenery and a lovely run, but you also have to be conditioned to take that run and you have to be willing to feed yourself the right things if it be food or if it be what you're watching on TV or listening to. And then it also has to be, you have to be willing to practice and work those muscles. And so you can have an enjoyable run. But if you're like, I just want to have an enjoyable run without doing anything. It's not the way it works. You're going to have, it's going to be hard. So I have to apologize to Christine and Carrie because we didn't get, uh, we're up against the clock this morning, so we cannot get to theirs, but we'll do our best to maybe work it into next week. Okay. But sometimes I make those promises and we have a full show and we don't get to questions. So well, we'll do our best. Just know we'll do our best. Um, and then we also do have uh, some awesome iTunes reviews. Um, this is from this is this isn't an app from the USA. Love the podcast. I listen to it every day in my car. I would laugh and cry. I learned so much more about myself and my relationship with my husband from Kathy and Todd. Thank you so much. Uh, The next one is ZPR changed my life for the better. It's from Bodie Pearl from the USA. Todd and Kathy's inclusive, relatable podcast shines like a beacon for anyone who desires to conduct relationships with self-awareness and heart-centered loving boundaries. That's a nice one. There was someone who wrote a review and said, would you, she was a lovely review, but she said at the end, will you mention step-parents more often? That's exactly right. I was getting it. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's by Jane Eldon from the USA. I've been enjoying this podcast for a few months now, and I always get something meaningful out of every podcast. A few weeks ago, I was even tearing up on the treadmill. Mm. Hopefully she doesn't fall when she's tearing up. I know. We wouldn't feel good about that. I would recommend this podcast to anyone, regardless if they're a parent, because of principles uh, transcend parenting. Todd and Kathy, if you could include more about step parenting as well, or just say the word step parent now and again, just as a shout out, thanks. Yes. And I'm going to do it right now. Step parents, you are doing the job of jobs. You are coming into a home and you are loving children that need your love. And that even if they have two parents already, but they're not living under the same roof, they can always benefit from another mentor, another woman, another man in their life who cares for them and wants to see them have a wonderful, wonderful relationships and, and, you know, a continuing life of joy. So I know that's not everything and that's not diving deep into the, well, but, you well, know, but she's right. We should mention the word step parents more often than we do. We should. It's too, there's too many of them for us not to validate their title. Well, we have them in our life. I know. You know I, what I mean? Like my, my mom, um, married a man, uh, 24 years ago and they were together for, they were married for 10 years yeah. and then we lost him due to cancer. But I just said to you and my brother and sister-in-law, like, I can't believe 
Rich is gone. He's gone. Yeah. He should still be here. I mean, I have such a tender spot for him in my heart. And so do I. He, I was telling Todd how meaningful he was to me when I came into the family He because he, he and I related to each other and, yeah. and how important he was to me. And he became my step parent too. Yeah. And um, so- we're sorry. You know, I'll just yeah. say I'm sorry that we haven't mentioned that more often because a lot of times when, you know, it's hard to use all the words, we'll, you know, we're trying to say parent and we're trying to say partner and we're trying to say... Yeah, um, and we forget that one. And we forget. And that's... I, I'm not trying to make an excuse. I just want you to explain my brain and how I'm thinking. But we will um, we'll help remind each other to say step parent because the work you're doing is extremely valuable and the relationships with children and with your partner are just as important. Hear that. Um, Last one is from Easily Swayed. She says, I don't have a kid and I love this show. Todd and Kathy are wonderful models for the type of parent I'd like to be one day. But even if you never plan to have kids, there are so many life lessons to be gained from the show. So thank you, Easily Swayed. Thank you. Um, Can I say something about that really quick? I just found us on some kind of college um, podcast list last week. That's hilarious. I know. It made me laugh because they it was like the podcast to listen to if you're in college and you're stressed. (laughs) And I was like, all right. Um, Don't forget our other two partners, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company. He's a bald head of beauty and he does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. You can reach him on his cell phone, 630-956-1800. And don't forget about Dr. Kelly, our awesome chiropractor. Her website is chirotree.com. Healthy families by choice, not by chance. And uh, guys, I coach guys, and it's uh, school's coming up. Uh, a lot of chaos in the family unit. So if you're interested, uh, first session is free. Go to my website, toddadamscoaching.com, and we should probably talk about angst real quick. Oh, yeah. So you guys, September 11th, uh, this is like in three and a half weeks. Todd and I got to get jump on the marketing thing here. We are... Um, uh, screening a movie. It's a documentary. It's only one hour. Like Todd and I picked this specific because of the content and because of the time. It's at York Theater and angst is about the anxiety that we're experiencing in our world today and most specifically the way teens and tweens and children are experiencing anxiety and how we're contributing to it and also how we're, you know, how we can help ourselves too. It's not just about feeling bad about what our kids are feeling, but how we're all having similar experiences, how our brains are how we can understand better what's happening in our brain and what we can do, how we can cope. So we highly recommend you come to the screening. Again, September 11th, um, York Theater. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, come watch this movie. Bring your teens and tweens so we can open this conversation about anxiety because they're about to start school. And I'm already noticing the way that my children are reacting differently now. We went to get... um, you know, stuff at Target the other day, and I can feel their tension. And, you know, it's so different from two weeks ago. We're in Seattle, Mm. and there is just none. Carefree. Carefree, and then there's, like, tension. And so let's talk about it. Let's open the lines of communication. How would you uh, get tickets, sweetheart? You go to zenparentingradio.com, click events, and you can get tickets there. I'll keep posting it on our Facebook page, too. And if you can't find it, email me, uh, kathy at zenparentingradio.com. I just want to end by saying, remember, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, there is enough. Everybody's valuable. No one's going to be replaced. We all have space. And the more that we understand each other and see each other as ourselves, the better this world is going to be. And it sounds so cliche, but I don't care because it's the truth. And you as a person releasing that fear of that there's not enough will help increase the value of your life and your time and your joy. I'll say keep trucking. All right. Adios. 
Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us again next time. If you are a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. Or you can also just tell a friend about our show. Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at kathy at zenparentingradio.com. That's Kathy with a C. Hey, next year's Zen Parenting Conference is March 2nd and 3rd, 2018. If you want to know more about this or any of our upcoming events, go to zenparentingradio.com and click events. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or on Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals, whether it's a relationship, parenting, career, time management, work-life balance, all that good stuff. Go to toddadamscoaching.com. And uh, I also have uh, the first session is free, so it's really no risk. Or if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It won't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. I want to give a special thanks to both of our partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support and keep on trucking.